0: we are recording this on february 2nd groundhog day to hit the internets on february 3rd how's everyone doing probably better than greg anthony and warren Sapp because they can't stop getting prostitutes good for them so we're here in groundhog day uh i don't know is there anything to talk about i guess not so let's get right to the main issue alex rodriguez all the time no, I'm kidding. There's plenty of time to talk about Alex Rodriguez, dissect everything, because it's sort of a sick obsession of mine. But we'll uh, we'll get into the Super Bowl. I don't know if anyone had any opinions on the last play by the Seahawks. I don't know. It's kind of been quiet. Not really any second-guessing going on. But here is Groundhog Day. Uh, the groundhog will see a shadow. Everyone likes to give their favorite quotes from Groundhog Day. And mine is... Well, I have to. Yes, I have to give you mine. And I think it's an underrated one, with Chris Elliott, uh, Andy McDowell saying, Who would want to steal a ground? Why would anyone want to steal a groundhog? And Chris Elliott says, I could think of a few reasons. Pervert. So there you go. I mean, if you wanted to get any of my personal uh, feelings on Groundhog Day, there you go. Enough's enough. Let's get to the big deal, the Super Bowl... And everything that's surrounding it, we'll talk about the week that was before the Super Bowl. We'll talk about everything NFL, Falcons and their issues with crowd noise, the Saints owner possibly going crazy, a Johnny Manziel staying in the news as he always does, and the absurdity of the Super Bowl, that being the halftime show, and all of those, everyone's favorite, the commercials. We'll begin with uh, the game itself, and I feel like I have expertise to talk about it. You probably never play football. You probably never done anything physical in your life, but so pick up a or, microphone. Or not. But uh, you know, Michael Bennett, uh, the defender for the Seahawks, telling me I don't. You know, I was a high school basketball player in Class S, meaning small, in the state of Connecticut, and I was subpar at best, so back off. All right, back off. Uh, the game, The game itself was a great game. Uh, obviously, 24-14, 24-14, that was a score at one point, 28-24, Patriots eke it out, and if you listen to last week, I told you the Patriots would cover the spread, at that point I believe the spread was Patriots by a minus two, and I think it ended up being Seattle minus one, but regardless, I win again, are you, are you tired of winning all the time with me? Because for the playoffs against the spread, that is nine and two. But, like I said a few podcasts ago, I actually only bet on one game in the playoffs, and it was against one of my picks on the podcast. So, that shows you how smart I am, and if you talk to some of my friends, and I'm sure they're listening, about my record and success of winning bets, they're not good, and I don't bet a lot of money. I'm even known as Mr. Penny Slots. Yep, laugh it up. So, yes, 9-2. I correctly picked the game. Uh, some didn't there, and th- that was a low blow. I'm I'm sorry, Mike, but hey, when you're a pontificate, not a pontificate, prognosticator like he is, got gotta gotta point it out when you when you don't get it right. So I think one of the main things that people forget about this game is that New England was able to move the ball really whenever they wanted, regardless of the quarter. Uh, the vaunted, the heralded Seattle defense. Well, they made plays when they had to. Uh. I don't know. I didn't see anything that historical about him last night. I uh, except it, there was that it wasn't actually Seattle that for the first turnover, the first big play, of the game was a turnover by Tom Brady, and I don't know where that pass was supposed to be going, but it was intercepted by Jeremy Lane, and who broke his wrist on the tackle by Julian Edelman on the return, and I didn't see it till today, the actual still photo of his wrist, just a disgusting Kevin Ware-like injury. His wrist and arm looked like a, like a highlight. The, the instrument they used for highlight was bent and curved. It was really gross. But, uh, you know, they're right on, the, right on the goal line there, and they couldn't take care of business, but both teams put up goose eggs in the first quarter, and both teams basically, they, they put up a touchdown, and then they were both able to steal a touchdown at the end. The, you know, New England got Gronkowski's touchdown at the end and end of the first half, and Seattle, with even less time left, got the touchdown to Chris Matthews. Who, no, not the white-haired pundit from MSNBC, but a guy who was obviously was well documented, well talked about by Al Michaels and Chris Collins Collinsworth during the game, but a guy who was working at a Footlocker a few years, a few months ago, and caught his th- first three passes of his career career, not the season, career in the Super Bowl, which is truly remarkable. I, the, I almost wanted Seattle to win because of that. I, I would have loved for both teams to have lost. I called Donovan McNabb, McNab, see if there was a tie. He didn't answer. Uh, but while I don't see like seeing New England win, I love Seattle, seeing Seattle lose, and we'll get to that later. Uh, so halftime goes by... And we'll get to, uh, we'll, 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 we'll go over the halftime stuff because everyone's got an opinion about halftime, and you'll hear mine because you're listening and you have no other choice. So, second half starts, quick field goal puts Seattle up 17 14, and then the touchdown to Doug Baldwin to make it 24 14. Russell Wilson in this game was 12 for 21, but 247 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception we'll get to later. Doug Baldwin, I, I gotta give him credit that was a ballsy touchdown celebration pretty vulgar and despicable but if you don't know what I'm talking about you probably didn't see it because NBC actually cut away and you didn't see it what Doug Baldwin did when he caught that pass which he was actually blocked out uh, the man covering him Darrell Reeves was blocked out by the referee and I'm still not convinced that Richard Sherman was actually referencing 2-4 as in Darrell Reeves missed that or if it was just the score I say, I was saying score. Now I'm kind of in the middle. I'm still saying score. The hell with it. I'll stick by it. But anyways, back to Baldwin, who pretended to pull down his pants. Didn't actually pull down his pants, but the motion off his pants, a la uh, Randy Moss against the when he was on the Vikings against the Packers. And Joe Buck reminds us of how that. That went. is a disgusting act. And then proceeded to act as if he defecated the ball and. I mean, hey, I don't know what, you know, pushes you to do that during the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I guess that's a notic- the kind of notoriety you want. I, good for you, Doug. I, I I don't know, though. I'd save that for a game against uh, game against some lesser opponent with no one really watching. I don't know if you're really going to be, uh, if you're going to get many fans that way. I, in the juvenile part of me, I thought it was hysterical, but in grand scheme of things, it was pretty gross and just repulsive, but I'm still giggling, obviously it was good enough, but um, at that point, it's 24-14, and going into the fourth quarter, the, like I said, historical, vaunted, heralded, amazing Seattle defense had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and they do love to talk, so I'm sure they were talking about how wonderful they were and how it was going to happen. I could just imagine the shit talking by them going on on the field at that point. But the Patriots made it interesting. The touchdown, Dan, Danny Amendola, was 7.55 left. Tom Brady was 37 for 50 in this game. 50 pass attempts for 328 yards, four touchdowns and two interceptions. Like I said, that first one to Jeremy Lane, in the beginning was awful. That, that, that was not even an NFL pass. The second one... uh, What's his name? Uh, Wagner made a great athletic play to jump in front of Gronkowski to get that. You can't really blame that on Brady. Better play by Wagner, but and then the the pass to Edelman with two oh two left, who was actually checked for a concussion during the game, and he passed it. He did have a few moments there falling on the ground where he looked like he was in another world, not really sure what was going on, but he was able to do it and. He was able to tell the same story in the postgame over and over again because I watched a lot of postgame from reporter to reporter. He said the same exact quotes. He didn't have much else going on. But, hey, he was he caught nine passes for 109 yards with that one TD, and that made it a 28-24 game. So this Seattle defense gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, Get spotted a 10-point lead, Legion of Boom. They want to be compared to the Ravens, the 2000, the 85 Bears, blow a 14-point lead. But there's still the opportunity to win the game for the Seahawks, and an amazing throw. Well, not an amazing throw, really, because Russell Wilson, let's let's be honest, he is a good quarterback. He is nothing great. A lot of the passes he made were lofted, lofting them up to big receivers, and, him, and then the other part was him moving his legs, which he does great. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was 24 carries for 102 yards. And there was one play that a lot of people thought he should have been involved in, but the pass to, uh, I believe it was Javon Kurse, I'm sorry, I don't have the notes here, Red Ticket Blues, Um, who made that amazing play where it sort of just fell in his lap, and the Patriots were once again staring at a ridiculous circus catch to end their season. And the Tom Brady shot just saying, Oh my God, it's happening again. Look at me. My life's so terrible. I really didn't have a lot of sympathy for him at all, but because his life is not terrible. But anyways, they hand the ball off of first down. It's first and goal. Marshawn Lynch brings it to about the half-yard line. And then we get to the controversy, where they decide with one timeout left, they let the clock go. Patriots are basically willing and asking them to give it to Marshawn Lynch score so we can get it back, save our timeouts and try to come back and win, and tie or win the game. It didn't happen. Russell Wilson threw to the middle of the field and if you look at the above still shot obviously terrible play call you have Marshall Lynch who can just throw defenders off him they bounce off him like a pinball and all you need is for him to go in there for much as a jerk as he is. He's an amazing football player and just a violent runner that will he would have made mince me to that goal line. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind and give credit to him after the game because they asked him about the play call and he said it was the right call because it's a team sport or we're all the same we're all team and that was probably the most mature response by anyone and I don't know if I would have been mature enough to give that in that situation but like michael bent said I've never played the game of football so I wouldn't know same guy who loved the media before you know he during the during the week up before the super bowl love being in front of him. but hey once they questioned him with things he he turned on pretty quick but if you look above, back back to what I was talking about before, rambling, that shot looked great for Russell Wilson to make that pass. He had an open receiver going to the middle. Again, bad play call, but it looked pretty good. And undrafted rookie Malcolm Butler jumps in and steals it. You don't hear a lot about that, the initial, uh, initial contact because you could almost save was pass interference gave him a little shoulder block but i don't think you're gonna call it in that spot in the super bowl but still uh p Carroll after the game stumbling over his own words not sure what to say made up different stories def- tried to define reasoning for that play call yeah i don't know if he was trying to uh help out the offensive coordinator when he said we made the wrong decision, but then with a new reporter tried to justify the decision. It was really, really odd. Really odd. Um, and then, at that point, the Patriots want to get in the victory formation, but they're in the end zone. And there's nothing you can do, obviously, there. You can't kneel. it would be a safety. They're able to draw the aforementioned Michael Bennett offsides to basically seal the game. It was already sealed, but even more so, he then becomes involved in a large fight, along with other people. It wasn't just him. And that's what spurred the audio you heard earlier. Uh, great, great guy, great guy. Uh, but and then a little melee ensued, and it was very close to becoming very, very embarrassing. Uh, referees were able to nip that in the bud before it got ugly. Because it was close. It was close to getting ugly. But again, the Patriots... Take another Super Bowl, and the Seahawks are left to wonder what if. At this point, it looks like they're going to sign Russell Wilson to the highest contract in the history... Not the history of the NFL, but the league's highest paid player, I should say. Guy's a good player. He's not worth the money. That will be an albatross hanging over the Seahawks. Well, not that much so. When you think about the NFL, they can always... Contracts aren't guaranteed, but I, I mean, he's a good leader and everything, but... He, he works because you have a guy like Marshawn Lynch, because you have a defense. Looks like Richard Sherman is actually going to need Tommy John surgery. I don't know what that means for next year. I don't know how that plays for football players. You do a baseball the next year, you're done. But I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I just don't. Um, so that's where we are there. And Tom Brady, the MVP, like I said, all the touchdowns came off his arm. And I almost wanted to see Seattle win just so Chris Matthews, Chris Matthews, four receptions, 109 yards, the wide receiver who was working at Foot Locker. I would have loved to seen him win the MVP, but hey, shit happens. What do you get to do? Um, and that was the Super Bowl, and that that was actually the highest rated Super Bowl ever. And that that uh, interception by Russell Wilson at the end of the to seal the game for the Patriots was the only interception thrown at the one yard line. the NFL all season long so the genius Pete Carroll really screwed the pooch there but the Patriots have another championship and Seattle's already the favorites to win next year so another season in the books the week before uh we had before the Super Bowl actually happened we always talk about how, oh God, you can only beat it beat a beat the game to death so much blah, blah 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 blah. we had everything but that this week. There was hardly any analysis of the game. Roger Goodell press conferences where he bullied Rachel Nichols about asking a completely valid question about the uh independent report air quotes independent report uh to investigate any wrongdoing in the Ray Rice investigation. And how about the conflict of interest that the NFL was actually paying for it? And he bullied, uh, Rachel Nichols, like I said, uh, saying, well, someone's got to pay for it. And he has a point there, but I mean, you, you, had already lost the arbitration in regards to this case. And then to just try to save face by doing your own investigation where you pay the people doing the investigation is completely absurd. So we talked about that, uh, There's obviously deflate gate, I don't even want to talk about that anymore, or that word. It's the last time you'll ever hear that word again on this podcast. Marshawn Lynch not talking, well documented even by myself. We heard about Richard Sherman's girlfriend being pregnant, which they made it seem as if she was ready to go, on the fan, um, to the the hospital any moment. And then you heard how Michael say that she's two weeks away from actually delivering. Give me a break. And she was at the game. Can we stop with this? That was, how was that even a story? Boy, did it, the, the the deflated footballs must have gotten way too boring for the media because they had to make that up. And we heard from both, again, Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett and their thoughts on the NCAA and how it's a scam. Uh, Richard Sherman made some good points, which he does most of the time, saying that it's very difficult to be an athlete in the the college athlete and be a college student because a lot of the defense people are saying well they get a free education and it's completely valid they have a full-time job but what about the people who do have a real full-time job where they have to punch a clock and how many other people are going to college and being set up to make millions of dollars immediately after graduation and richard sherman i have two words for you a mecca okafor Yes, the Yukon Huskies center from well, 2004. Graduated in three years, and I think what it comes down to, and Richard Sherman may not want to admit it, uh, is that college is just the same for athletes and non-athletes because it's what you make of it. Is it more difficult for athletes sometimes if you really want to put in the effort? if you really want to be a student athlete and get something out of the education, it might be a little more difficult for you. I understand that, but it's what you make of it. Richard Sherman doesn't want to hear that because then if he hears something that he doesn't like from a media member, he tries to insult them, kind of like on the field. I don't mind cockiness. That's another reason I dislike the Seahawks. I don't mind cockiness. I don't. It's the trying to make make the opposition look stupid. And that's what's wrong with the Seahawks. And like I said, I don't like seeing the Patriots win, but I love seeing the Seahawks lose. That's, that was great. Uh, what are some other things that happened during the week? Um, the Atlanta Falcons, who just hired defensive former defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, Dan Quinn, he is now the coach, but they're being accused of inserting crowd noise the last two seasons to gain a competitive edge over other teams when they're in their huddle, making it more difficult to hear. I guess they could lose a draft pick, be fined, or both. I guess that's different from building a complete stadium that in increases your crowd noise, like some team in the state of Washington does, and they're lauded for that. Anyways, um, this is another interesting story that I don't think if if Marshawn Lynch or uh, okay last time Deflate Gate happened. We would be talking about the Saints' ownership. Uh, owner Tom Benson, I believe he's 87 years old, just decided, you know what, the hell with it. Uh, my family, his family was ready to, not my family, we don't own the Saints. They uh, were in line to take over the Saints, and then he just decided, Nah, yeah, the hell with it, you're fired. Take away all their, <laughs> locked their offices, took away all their toys, their nice Mercedes and everything. And they want a psycho- psychological evaluation. And they're also saying that his deterioro- his uh, his condition is deteriorating because all he's doing is eating candy, ice cream, and red wine. And I'll say this, if I was a billionaire and I was 87 years old, I'd be eating pizza for every meal, I'd be drinking beer, and with a doctor by my side, I'd probably be experimenting with as many illegal drugs as I could because you only live once. So... Who knows? Maybe he is uh, starting to lose it, and his new wife seems to be very interested and hands-on with the entire process. Maybe a little Anna Nicole Smith sort of deal, but we'll have to watch that and see how that goes. But we also uh, just wanted to touch on what happened today. Uh, Johnny Manziel, uh, Browns quarterback Johnny Manziel, entered rehab. Well, in reality, he entered rehab last Wednesday, but decided to release it uh, the morning after the Super Bowl. Almost A Rod like opting out in game four of the World Series, but I find so many people and the media just despicable in regards to Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel has been, has gotten so much publicity and so much fanfare because of his off the field antics. Seeing him partying with as many co-eds as possible, getting loaded, and it's funny. We make memes, we joke. <laughs> I even I remember seeing uh, somebody say, oh, when Brian Hoyer was struggling, saying, oh, they're not going to give it to Johnny Manziel yet. They're not going to have him start on Sundays. And then a link to his Wikipedia page saying, well, his birthday's on Saturday night. Don't you think that's an issue? I have been doing this podcast long enough for you to hear all my thoughts on Johnny Manziel. This guy is not known. He, he, he obviously won the Heisman Trophy. He's, he can play football at what level, we don't know. But he is lauded. He is he is talked about. He, he is a focal point because of his partying. Even after the last game of the season when he wasn't playing, they had to go get him. Those are the reports. They had to get him because he's mispracticed and get him, actually, remove him because he was piss drunk. And that's funny, though. That's funny. Now he's going into rehab. Oh boy, I really hope Johnny can can get the get the help he needs. And you know what I do, but then you see these same people just do a complete flip up. The media is disgusting. Marshawn Lynch is right, I'm with you on that. You're just gonna misconstrue everything. You're gonna make things sound the way you wanted to, and leave everyone else in your wake to further your agenda. That silence was for the uh everyone saying, Wow, he's right. Wow, Brian's pretty smart Well there you go If you want to hear more At BrianBuck13 on Twitter Remember that Also on YouTube And I think we're going to be on, I'm on iTunes right now So be sure to subscribe on YouTube or iTunes And I'm going to try to get it to every other podcasting forum available But we're not done yet That's usually the sign off Remember to you know check me out here All that the promotional BS But we're not done here I just wanted to go over the halftime show, which every halftime show is terrible to me. I'm sorry. There, I'm there to watch football. I'm not there to watch whatever garbage person they put there. And Katy Perry was there, and Katy Perry really doesn't have much talent. Let's let's be honest. Uh, very successful. Don't don't get me wrong. But she's really not that good at anything. And I think some of the stuff that's made her famous is her her physical assets weren't even really on display, and a lot of people were upset about that. Uh, She tried to, a a very elaborate show with uh, moving lions and dancing sharks, and then bringing back, going all the way back in the time machine, bringing back Lenny Kravitz and Missy Elliott, which, you know, Lenny Kravitz is... You know, he was born about 20 or 30 years too late. He's not Jimi Hendrix. His music is nowhere on the same level. He still dresses like it's the 60s or 70s. I don't get his appeal. I don't get him. I I, I don't know. Missy Elliott, I... She... Never a huge fan. She was sort of one of those people that, you know, you'd be in a car and uh, someone's playing it. It's like, yeah, I don't hate this. It's suitable. But then the older you get, it's music music like that. They just say, I, "I am. I don't need that in my life. I'm. I'm better without it." So seeing Katy Perry again, talentless, needing those two people from long, long ago to try to increase the the the, the appeal of that halftime show was was rough. It was rough. And everyone's favorite throughout the game, not just halftime, were the commercials. Everyone loves the commercials. There was the dog and the horse, the Budweiser horse. They were friends. Coyote was going to eat the dog. The horses came, saved the day. Heartwarming. Not really. Uh, we had the McDonald's commercial where you can pay with love or what other sappy BS they want to throw in there. If you, First of all, if you're going to McDonald's willfully... Uh, You know, and it's not a last resort. I don't know what's wrong with you in the first place. So if you're too cheap to pay for that garbage, which they should be paying you to eat. I I, I don't know what to say. I can't help you. You're not going to help find help on this podcast. I'm sorry. You got to rethink your priorities if you're eating McDonald's in the first place. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And I can't wait to see all the videos of people trying to go in there demanding food on the credit of love. So that should be interesting. But I think the... Obviously, the commercial that got us all was the nationwide commercial. Uh, showing all the fun a young boy can have and all the dreams and and, and everything he looks forward to in life. And just just daydreaming. Using, using your mind for fantasies. And then he says, but I won't get to do all that because I'm dead. Right? Because I died from an accident. That's right. So... I don't know where Nationwide was going with that. I don't know how you're going to appeal to an audience that wants to watch a football game for that. I guess if you get Nationwide insurance, you won't drown in a bathtub or TV won't fall on you. I know that's not what they're saying. It's not like it's like saying car insurance is going to stop you from getting car accidents. I understand that. That's not what it means. But wait, talk about Debbie Downer. God, I don't know. you got to rethink that one. It might be one of the worst Super Bowl commercials ever. And... All the other ones sort of blend together. I, I, I don't know. After you see a few, you just like Ugh, I feel dirty for watching the rest of them. And the other thing I want to talk about, which obviously this is a Super Bowl podcast, a Super Bowl extravaganza. Um, the actual trophy was brought through, brought to the stage to give to the Patriots via Kurt Warner, former Arizona Cardinals running uh, quarterback. And he came down a long line. And Kurt Warner also was quarterback of the Rams who was on the other side of spy gate and it had to be quite an awkward moment for him bringing the trophy to the Patriots and if you watch this it also took forever every dick and nancy yeah i said dick and nancy i'm like 80 years old every dick every person had to touch it the whole way. It was very, very awkward. I I don't know what was going on there. But we'll have to see what happens with the investigation of the deflated footballs. Probably nothing. I'm guessing a fine, maybe a loss of a lesser draft pick. But that was the Super Bowl, and it's now in our rearview mirror. So from now on, we got basketball, and we got baseball. It's on the horizon. Baseball. You can almost see it through the two feet of snow outside my house yeah so i'm not gonna end the podcast with the same shoveling story uh like i did last week you know the one where i shoveled my back hurts even though these are all true things but football's gone and we're gonna see what we have in store for the rest of the time like i said it's all a rod all the time i'm sure do something stupid this week i get I, 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 he will do something I guarantee you remember everyone at Brian buck 13 www.redticketblues.com you can find the podcast on YouTube you can subscribe you can go to iTunes and subscribe subscribe and that's about it uh, so I'm out of here yeah I just said huh I mean I was I said huh that's it.